Susan and I want to thank the British Phenomenological Society for inviting us to present. This is our first introduction to this society, and while we wish it could have been in person, we are honored to be joining you for a conversation about creating a new performance of dementia. So a big hello to everyone who is taking time to join us. We look forward to your responses. My name is Mary Fridley, and the woman who will follow me is Dr. Susan Massad. We are both on the faculty of the Eastside Institute, which you'll be hearing a bit more about later. Over the last four decades, Susan and I have worn many hats, community organizers, innovative health and mental health professionals, developmentalists and play activists who, like Francis, believe that play is important and growthful for everyone, not just those living with dementia. We are also people who are caring for and have cared for friends and family who are living with dementia, which has made this work and the work of Francis and so many other creative colleagues so much more poignant and meaningful. We are always thrilled to meet fellow travelers, so it's an honor to get to know Eugen Fink and the role he has played in helping to shape Frances's journey toward play as a growth-filled challenge to what she calls epistemic arrogance and the tragedy narrative it helps to perpetuate. In our view, our collective obsession with knowing is a big part of why we as a world community have not been able to move forward even when relational, humanistic, playful, joy-filled paths forward are needed more than ever. The person who has inspired the Institute's practical theoretical journey is an early Soviet psychologist named Lev Vygotsky, who did most of his work in post-revolutionary Russia. He was a socio-cultural materialist, greatly influenced by Karl Marx, and it is Vygotsky's discoveries about development, about play, and about tool and result methodology combined with our discoveries about theatrical and improvisational play that we have brought into the creation of The Joy of Dementia, You Gotta Be Kidding, a workshop and conversation series Susan and I began leading about three years ago. The notion that individuals, families, communities, and the healthcare, social service, medical, and scientific institutions can create new performances of dementia grows out of our Vygotskyan-inspired recognition that human development is possible because human beings are never merely who we are at any given moment. We are rather simultaneously who we are and other than who we are. Vygotsky taught us a lot about this in his discoveries about how babies learn. The 10-month-old baby girl cannot yet speak her mother tongue. She babbles adoringly. Yet no parent or adult speaker of the language says, go find a dictionary and don't come back until you know how to talk. Rather, we relate to her as who she is, the baby who's not yet a speaker, but also and at the same time as other than who she is, a baby who is a speaker. She says, goo goo, ga ga, da da da. And we say, oh, I don't like spinach either, or oh, daddy will be home soon, or whatever it is we say. We include her in the community of language speakers. She becomes a speaker through performing as one before she knows how or even that she is doing it. This social relational environment, which is co-created by people of varying abilities, this zone of proximal development, as Vygotsky called it, and what Susan and I call the dementia ensemble, 
in our work is one where non-knowing growing is possible for everyone, no matter what our life circumstances may be. But at a relatively young age, we stop playing. And it gets related to as well, that's only something that little kids do. And we as adults are definitely not supported to play, to pretend, to engage in meaningless activity, unless we're fortunate enough to be professional performers. We become constrained by increasingly narrow, alienated, and individuated roles and rules that limit what we believe we can do, and perhaps more tragically, what we believe is possible. Now, I believe we are at a moment where our collective inability to see and to create new possibilities is having deeply tragic consequences. And at the same time, it is spurring new interests in the power of play. More and more folks are discovering that play frees us up to do what we don't know how to do. To rediscover and experience our sociality and relationality, to be who we are and who we're becoming. We can play with anything. We can play with words, with sounds, with language. We can play with fear, anxiety, and just all the crap in our lives. We can play with the pandemic and we can play with dementia and the tragedy narrative that surrounds it. And when we do, it is magical, more so because it is mundane and everyday. We are all players or co-players as Francis says. This relational and developmental way of being is at the heart and soul of social therapeutics, the Institute's methodology that is now practiced in numerous settings and professional locations around the world. The tragedy narrative of dementia is not only scientifically flawed and morally problematic, it is incompatible with our understanding of what it means to be human and to relating to everyone, including people living with dementia, as social performers and creators of our lives. We believe that every person, and let me say that again, every person, has the right to experience continuously becoming, to experience the joy of developing, to experience happiness, possibility, connection, and belonging. And this is the spirit that we try to bring into every Joy of Dementia workshop and conversation. So we appreciate you playing with us today. And with that, I'll turn things over to Susan. Thank you. Hello, I'm Gwen Lowenheim. I'm presenting for Dr. Susan Massan, who will be available later for the questions and answers. I've had the pleasure of working with Susan and Mary on the Joy of Dementia workshops. And I'm also on the faculty of the Eastside Institute which is an international training and research center promoting alternative and radically humanizing approaches to psychology, education, and community building. People from all disciplines come to the Institute to train and study in social therapeutics, a playful, performatory, philosophical approach where people learn to create new performances of learning, emotionality, and yes, dementia. The Eastside Institute is part of a broader global development community of grassroots activists who are exploring the power of play to reimagine and recreate the world. We host a biannual conference, Performing the World, and are the inspiration for a growing organization of performance activists, the Global Play Brigade, who since COVID-19 are offering free workshops to people across the globe 
on how to play, perform, philosophize, and improvise. I'm not so sure about Europe and other parts of the world, but dementia became visible in most of our communities in the United States in the turbulent 1960s, with the opening up and emptying out of mental institutions. From the time when Dr. Alzheimer first described dementia in the early 1900s, it has been classified as a mental illness. Approached primarily as a biomedical phenomena and seen through the lens of the medical model. It is most often characterized as a condition of loss and privation of speech, cognition, memory, and agency. The view of dementia has produced a system of care that stigmatizes, dehumanizes, and isolates those diagnosed, as well as their fam families and care partners. To us, the stigma associated with the loss model produces as much distress and disability as the disorder itself. For many years, people with dementia were medicated and isolated in homes and institutions for the care of the elderly. COVID-19 has cast a spotlight on how dehumanizing these practices are, as people with dementia are related to as literally disposable. Dementia touched my life when my older sister was diagnosed, as were close friends and more and more patients in my medical practice. At that time, Mary and I chose to enter the dementia conversation. To us, the assumptions of the biomedical approach cried out to be turned on its ear. As community organizers, practitioners of social therapeutics and developmentalists, we saw the need, as many others did, to transform the culture of dementia. To introduce creativity, development, and the arts, play, performance, and improvisation into the joy of dementia, you've got to be kidding. That I will be speaking about in a minute. It is a provocation and a practice to challenge the tragedy narrative that is embedded in the biomedical approach to dementia. But first, I want to acknowledge the many wonderful fellow travelers we have met on this journey. They are dementia activists and practitioners who recognize the imperative of creatively transforming the culture of dementia. They all share an appreciation for bringing the arts, play, improvisation into their work in the dementia community, who champion the voices and participation of people diagnosed with dementia in all aspects of life, and have discovered that our society has much to learn about radical humanism from people living with dementia. Since COVID-19, as community organizers, we have brought a number of these activists together to make the demand that post-virus things do not return to normal and that we support and allow new practices of respect and inclusion to emerge. The Joy of Dementia that was started four years ago is a conversation, a workshop, 
a place for people to play, make discoveries, and create new performances. At this point, we have offered workshops to community groups, professional associations, conferences, and assisted living facilities for thousands of people in New York City and throughout the United States. The workshops are inseparable from our efforts to transform the culture of dementia. And I want to touch on some of the features of the joy of dementia conversations that we have found to be impactful. Although the invitations to present the joy of dementia are site-specific, we always ask our hosts to extend the invitations to a broad grouping of people. At any one conversation, we might be speaking with professionals in the field, people living with dementia, care partners, and family members, and have found that offering people who rarely come together an opportunity to sit down and talk together is a growthful experience for everyone. We approach all the workshop participants as members of a performance ensemble. We call it the Dementia Ensemble. Relate to everyone in the ensemble, including people diagnosed with dementia, as having something to contribute to the conversation. In creating the ensemble, people learn to relate to themselves, not as individuated and isolated selves, but as relational beings who are part of something larger and infinitely more complex and creative than we are generally led to believe. The creation of dementia ensembles as groups or communities of people who are continuously creating new performances of care and life is at the heart of every Joy of Dementia workshop. The Joy of Dementia workshop is also a space for people to participate in performance activities and improvisational play where they can have an experience of performance in life. It is a space that supports people giving expression to the emotionality and conflicts of the dementia experience, and a place where the assumptions and beliefs about dementia, memory, loss, and aging can be expressed and playfully challenged. In this work, including the presentation today, what we have to offer is our expertise in creating environments where we can all practice non-knowing growing, which to us is our best shot at moving forward in these very uncertain and confusing times. We are honored to share our work with you today and hope through your questions and comments to continue the conversation. Thank you very much.